Come on, lift your voice right now as you magnify the Lord together. Thankful for what I feel right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's just give him some glory for what he's doing. Hallelujah. God, make me a willing vessel. Do something in our heart tonight. Lord, you know every need that's in this building. I pray, Lord, let your anointing settle down upon this place. Come on, somebody. I know you have a hunger for God to move. You got prayer requests. You're still hanging on for God to answer those prayers and move in a mighty way. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to feel the Holy Ghost. Nothing like the presence of the Lord. Amen. We're thrilled to be here with you tonight and uh, appreciate the goodness of the Lord. Glad that we're able to be in church. <clears throat> Out of all the things that's going on in our world, it makes you appreciate the times you're in the house of God. Amen. Amen. And I think that, and I've said it from the very outset when many, much of this was going on, I said it's going to, before all this is said and done, it's going to make us uh, thank God a lot more for just being able to be in church and to worship Him. Praise God. And uh, we're thankful for that. I've been, we've been blessed, been able to travel and try to stay busy at least. Uh, I realize churches changing their schedules and trying to double up churches uh, for Sunday mornings, Sunday nights. But God's been good, and we're thankful for all that the Lord has done. Amen. We've been blessed, seen a lot of miracles, seen healings, seen people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that's what it's about. Amen. Amen. The devil thought Corona was going to stop a move of God. He was sadly mistaken. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be with family tonight. Praise God. I'm talking about y'all. <clears throat> Amen. Brother Moore, I don't know. Is that door open? I, Sister McCoo hit the back door. I'll get the, I'll get the car cranked up here. Amen. I didn't get much response there. Praise God. Hallelujah. At least Brother, Brother Troy hugged my neck. Praise God. Amen. Have you had Bible? Turn with me to Mark, the fourth chapter. Amen. It's good to be here. And uh, my wife drove. That's why we're here alive. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. Give honor to your wonderful pastor and love and appreciate Brother William Moore. And uh, I love and appreciate and respect his ministry, and what he has preached in this church for so many years. Amen. How long have you been here? 25. I thought it was getting close to 25. Amen. Thankful for the truth. I'm going to say that again. I am thankful for the truth. I really am. Living in a world that's just seemingly... <clears throat> swayed by the voices that are in this world, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the truth. Love this message of truth that saved us and has kept us. Praise God. Mark chapter 4, let's look at verse 35. Amen. And it's good to see Sister Moore too, praise God. By the way, yeah, I just wanted to interject that. <coughs> I'm in trouble, amen, so you're going to have to have my back before we get out of here, praise God, 
Amen. Hope y'all going to help me preach. Amen. Today's been a strange day. Been praying, talking to God, and just so many different directions. But this is what I have felt for this service. So I trust you'll help me. Amen. Looking out, chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, <clears throat> he saith unto them, I want you to notice here in our King James Bible, when the ITH is added to a word, it denotes a process. Uh, that was their way of, in the translating of the tense, that that they understood that it was it was not just something that happened one time, but it is a process that Jesus went through. He saith unto them. So it really denotes that Jesus said this to the disciples more than once. And he said, let us pass over to the other side. Sometimes in God giving direction, sometimes God has to speak more than once. How many of you know that to be true? Sometimes God has to speak a little louder the second and third time. That's been my experience. Maybe you're not as hard-headed as Brother McCool. I don't know. Sometimes we get a little tough to deal with, don't we? But God, in his mercy and in his compassion for us, he speaks again until he gets our attention. He speaks to Samuel twice, Samuel, Samuel. Speaks to others, denoting the importance. I want you to look up here. I want you to understand how important this is. Let us go over unto the other side. And when he had sent the multitude, <clears throat> they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Everybody say full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. Everybody say, wake up, Lord. And say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose. Notice, he did what they prayed for him to do. Some of y'all think God's not hearing your prayer. But God rose up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I think they were literally shocked at the magnitude of the miracle that Jesus performed even in the midst of their struggle to have faith. Sometimes you don't think you got enough faith. Anybody ever been there? Felt like God, I just don't have the faith. And sometimes in spite of our lack, <clears throat> we, have to, we have to reach out beyond ourselves and we've got to do like the disciples did. 
and say, all right now, God, it's time to wake up. We need you. We've got to have something beyond ourselves if we're going to be able to do what you said do. Praise God. And in a generation that's trying to wake up society and you take all that for what it's worth, they're calling it getting woke. I got news for you. God's ready for us to get him woke. I don't think you're with me right now. I think some of y'all, your mind's too wrapped up in politics right now. Just listen to me. I'm telling you, we need to wake the power of God up in the church and in our lives. Praise God. Now, so what I'm going to talk to you about tonight, let's wake up the sleeper. Waking up the sleeper. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your spirit that we have felt. Praying for a special anointing on us right now to be able to minister the word of the Lord. Pray your blessings upon this pastor and his family, this church, every family connected with this church and this local assembly. God, I'm praying for every backslider. I'm praying for every family member that is astray, that somewhere, God, in the midst of our hunger, to reach out for you and reach out for more and reach out for the presence of God to be in our church services. We're praying for you to be great even in our homes and even in our families that are lost and those that need the touch of God to awaken them in this hour. And I'm praying today that you would help us, Lord, to, to lift our voice and, Lord, to ignite a flame that's going to burn afresh before you return again. And with Thank you for what you're doing in this service. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Praise God. Glory, glory. Woo. Oh, God bless you. We're going to let you be seated in Jesus' name. And everybody said, praise the Lord. I just simply want to submit to you that really... When we talk about the need for the human body to rest and to be able to recuperate from perhaps a long day of work and the strain, the strain and the stress that comes perhaps with, with long, arduous battles that have got our minds reeling at night and and losing sleep over things that we wish we could change. And we understand how even doctors tell us how necessary that rest is for the human body. And sleeping is the way God chooses to help us to revitalize this body. And uh, there's nothing wrong with sleeping. In fact, catching up on some rest is, is really in order as far as I'm concerned, unless it gets to the point where, where we're just, uh, just uh, lazy as an old dog, as the saying is, and uh, we don't get up and kick ourselves, as it were, and get moving and uh, try to get something accomplished for the day. But God's designed these bodies where we must rest. I don't care how long you go without rest. If you can go 72 hours, that's great. But I'm here to tell you after a while, you're going to have to slow down and you're going to have to find a place to lay your head down and get some proper rest. Uh, you know, there was a man one time that uh, he called 
claimed he could uh, prove that he could go a long time without sleep. And he claimed that, that really all he had to do when he got tired is just lay back in that old recliner. And uh, he said, all I got to do is just rest my eyes like my dad used to say. He'd say, I'm just going to rest my eyes a little while. And, uh, and you know, I really don't have to go to sleep. I can just kind of zone out a little bit and I can get right back to it and I can move on. Amen. After about 10 minutes of that and uh, I'll be all right and I'll be freshened up and I thought yeah that's that sounds good until you wake up praise God because with all the intentions of doing the power nap we found out Lord have mercy it wasn't 10 minutes but I've been here two hours anybody been there you know what I'm talking about. And so no matter, no matter what amount of relaxation can replace the need for sleep, there's no greater demand possibly than hunger on the human body than the demand this body has to get proper sleep. It doesn't matter if it's a soldier that's on the run from the enemy or there comes a time he's got to stop and he's got to rest. There's got to come a time that he, that this body, Body overrides his survival instinct. And regardless of what pressure he's under, he's got to find a place where he is able to rest. You know, the Bible tells us it's vain to rise up early and to stay up late. So somewhere in there we can find a happy medium tonight. Amen. And you just let me know where that is for you later on after service is done. But even the course of history has been changed by people who have slept. Uh, people that uh, they slept at an inopportune time in their lives. Somebody say amen. Uh, uh, battles during the Roman Empire. Things that happened. Courses of history that were changed because somebody slept uh, at a critical time in the battle. Uh, you'll find in your Bible that Samson slept uh, in the lap of Delilah and it affected the leadership and the course of Israel. You will find the Midianites slept and Gideon overheard the plans of the enemy and he slipped down among their tents and God wrought a great battle, a great victory because somebody slept at a wrong and a critical time. You find that Sisera was killed by a young woman as she drove a nail into his temple uh, while he slept uh, and God used it to bring victory uh, for the people of God uh, oh because somebody uh, slept at a critical time uh, in the state of Texas uh, there in San Jacinto uh, there is a monument there close to the battleship Texas uh, a man that has been resurrected uh, because in their fight for independence, Santa Anna and his men decided to take a siesta and they were defeated by the Texicans, causing the course of history to be changed, all because somebody slept. You know, there's been many times that we've missed opportunities because we've been asleep to that opportunity as it were. Amen. And so we have the saying that 
When you snooze, you lose. How many of us have missed an opportunity? Amen. Because in a sense, we were asleep at the wheel. We were not aware of the propensity, the power, and all those things that come if we would have just been able to be awake at the right time. There were two men that came to themselves one day. They were talking about purchasing some land and one man was looking at that nine acres that now was beautiful and had been developed and he looked at his friend. He said, I'm here to tell you, I could have bought all of that property one time amen for just a a little bit of money about a hundred thousand dollars and now that property is worth well over a million dollars. I must have been asleep. I was asleep at the opportunity that I had. And I think we can all look back in our lives tonight and we can say to ourselves you know if I'd have just been awake. If I'd have just been cognizant. If I'd have just been aware I wouldn't have missed that opportunity that I could have had in life. I must have been asleep. I must have been slumbering, as it were. In 1965, a Ford Mustang could have been bought for $400. Years later, the value goes up and the demand increases so that after a while now, what was $400 is about $300,000. Amen. Right now, today, my wife and I, were looking at two beautiful Ford Thunderbirds, 1956, 1957, detachable hardtop. Amen. The moon windows there in the hardtop. A beautiful vehicle. Something we could have picked either one for about $3,500 the year we graduated high school in 1981. Today in mint condition, they are worth nearly $500,000. Amen. I told her many times, oh, I wish I had that opportunity over. Amen. Today, I wouldn't make that mistake twice. I wouldn't let that slip through my fingers. I would have took advantage of the opportunity. A 1961 Cadillac is uh, convertible is now worth over $200,000. And people not aware of their opportunity, aware of a future worth uh, to what they possess, uh, they now just sell them as junk. Uh, they just get rid of it until somebody uh, looks in a barn somewhere uh, and says, man, do you know what you got here? And then they buy it and then they go do something with it. They try to restore it and make it worth something again. I've come to preach to us tonight that somewhere in our life we've got to come back to the place where what we used to have is still worth something today. That we're not asleep to what we possess in our midst. I know I got a few people shaking heads and it's a little quiet but I've come to tell you in a world and in a church world that is compromising left and right and making excuses for a life of ease and slumber. I'm here to tell you God is wanting a church that is alive and 
awake to what they possess in their life. Praise God. I'm going to let you be seated. An original Duesenberg is worth $5 million to somebody that paid less than $1,000 for it. People that just simply cast it aside as though it was worth nothing. There are so many nations in this world that are considered sleeping giants on the face of this earth. They really do not understand their potential. Such was the case with the United States in World War II after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, after so many times that the Japanese and our, and our ambassadors and military liaisons had tried to work with them, and uh, they had already had a plan to attack the United States and cripple them so that they could further take control of the Pacific, the South Pacific there, and even Australia. They had already had it in the plan, already in the works. Uh, amen. And during that time, they made those plans. They had no intentions on bringing any peace deals uh, to the table. And so it was that after long, arduous years already in World War II uh, and Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Uh, amen. One of the admirals, uh, Sokoro Yamamoto, uh, said, I fear that all we have done uh, is awaken a sleeping giant uh, and filled him uh, with terrible resolve. Uh, he understood the value uh, of waking something up uh, where the potential uh, was already there. Is anybody going to help me today? I've come to talk to us that there is something taking place not only in our society but in the spirit world where people are trying to get awake from the sleep and the slumber. They're trying to get awake alive for a cause. Amen. And I know that there are many got their cause but there's a cause greater than any cause that we've ever known. And that is the cause of the gospel. It is the cause of reaching the lost. It is the cause of holding true to what's right and holy. I know we're not shouting tonight. Somewhere we've got to come to the place where what the enemy's doing right now is nothing more than a wake-up call for the church. Coming to the place where we Wipe the cracklings out of our eyes. Wipe the sleep from our face. That we come alive again like the church that Jesus Christ bled and died for. There is great potential in this church. When I speak of the church, I don't speak simply because uh, generically talking about the church at large of the world. But I talk about this church right here in Bendale. I talk about a church that you really are asleep to the power and the potential that is in your midst tonight. 
I could not help but just smile and in my spirit rejoice tonight as I watched many of you gather together as we prayed for different ones here before this pulpit. And even though it is something that you do every service, it is not something that has been taken lightly. It's not just going through the motions, but you gather together and you try to exercise faith. You do your part to try to stretch out, amen, and let your requests be made known unto the Lord. That you come up here and you're trying to stir something up, amen, not only in your own spirit, but stir something up in the church. That's why when your pastor gets up in here and preaches or teaches a Bible study or the evangelist comes, that you get in behind that man of God like you've always done because you realize that there is a value that what you have is real and what you have is true. Hallelujah. There's something about it, God trying to wake up in us something great, something powerful. And it takes that reciprocation from the church to give back to God what he is so easily and so readily giving to the church right now. Jesus told us that all things are possible to them that believe. That is the most powerful potential in the entire world. The church is a place of potential. These pews are a place of potential. Up here singing, those that play on the instruments, you are exemplifying that there is potential in your life and in your walk with God. God forbid that we ever get to the place and acquiesce and condescend to the place where we just go through the motions and we think our talent's going to get us there. But we understand even in the midst of our talents and our abilities and our faithfulness what you and I really need is there be a such a stirring that we say hey God we can't do it on our own we can't do it in our power we gotta have a move of the Holy Ghost you see we can't complain about the world's competitive ability we can't complain about the Epcot Center casinos on the Gulf Coast. We can't complain that they've got more on their side than be with us. We can't. We let the devil convince us that we've got more against us. And so therefore we can't have revival. We can't get, have a building program. We, we, we can't see lost family members pray back through and get restored in the church and find that place in God that they somewhere missed years and years ago. Could it be we really haven't woke up to the potential and the power that God has already placed in every one of us tonight? Think with me. I didn't come to preach anybody under the pew. I didn't come tonight to try to, to make you feel bad about yourself. I've come to, in my own way, wake you up that there is more beneath 
the surface than what you're really seeing. There are soul winners that are sitting here under the sound of my voice that it simply takes an act and an operation of your faith. Our problem is, is we make excuses based on the opinion of our adversary and not on the truth that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Paul said it this way, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. We can't complain about what's going on in the world because God made this church with so much potential that no matter how bad the world got, the church could always rise above it. Now, I think I better say that again. Some of y'all got a question mark on your face. That no matter how bad this world gets, that the church will rise above it. Our problem is, is we think because uh, politics and politicians, uh, hey man, they've got all the power. They're making all the decisions. Uh, they're letting things go on in California and Minnesota and in Chicago. How can we push back against such evil resolve? I'll tell you how you do it. Uh, you get in the Holy Ghost uh, and you call on the power that's still greater than anything that's in this world. Oh, my God, I feel a slowing down spirit here. The power that's in this church is a power because we have the ability to call upon the name that is above every name. Can I, can I talk to us tonight? I'm going to do it anyway. We come to church so much. Praise God. How long you been in church? All your life. And how long you had the Holy Ghost? Oh, come on now. How many? 20 years. My wife and I have been in church 37 years. Full of the Holy Ghost. Where's Brother Sister? Oh, where you at? Wave your hand. How long you been in church? Yes, ma'am. Since 66. Do the math. Long time. We'll just say it's been a long time, isn't it? Isn't that great? Some of us may not have been in church that long, but that is never the qualifier. The qualifier is what we do with our faith. So regardless if we've only been in church six months or 60 years or however long it may be. Listen to me very carefully tonight. That somewhere in our life we've got to come to the realization that, that we still have the power that's the greatest potential. Amen. That's been in any investment in any institution in all the world. It's in the church of the living God. It's in us. That's why we shouldn't have any problem praying the prayer of faith and watching cancer dissolve and blinded eyes open. That's why we shouldn't, we shouldn't back up at the challenge of trying to reach a backslider that's been hurt. I'm going to get personal. 
you get to this place, you get this, you get this little attitude because now we've been in the church for so long. Well, they hadn't come to church yet. I'm just going to quit praying. I'm just going to quit believing. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm not going to let that cross my mind anymore. I'm not going to worry over it. Well, the first thing is you don't need to be worrying about it. You need to be praying in faith. Could it be that your, your, your worry, which is faith in reverse, it's your fear. You're more afraid of it not happening than it is that it will happen if I will just call on the power of God. If I will just wake up the sleeper that is in me. You see, this church was born in power. It was born with potential. Potential that still is yet to be discovered. You see, the greatest days of the church are not in the future. They are now. Underneath this frail humanity is the power of God that spoke worlds into existence. Hello, somebody. That spoke the worlds. You know, before I got in church, and I, I got more notes. I got a lot of notes, but I just got to follow the Holy Ghost. Before I got in church, like many of you who probably didn't grow up in this, how many of you did not grow up in this? How about that? How about that? And I'd sit outside on top of my car with half a bottle of Jack Daniels my hand and look up at the stars in amazement and say God had to have done that I didn't know him sure I grew up at the Methodist church like some of y'all that are here because I know your past y'all know mine but I think about that how God in his infinite power and wisdom just with a whisper of his voice hurled it all out there in fact, he was so good at his job, he hung the stars, the Bible said, on absolutely nothing. And then one day, out of mercy and forgiveness, he fills us with the Holy Ghost. He fills us with the same spirit that created the world. Seriously, this is our issue in Pentecost right now. Because we are digressing in our faith. Because we are seeing God from too far away. When you first got the Holy Ghost, you, you were ready to believe God for anything. And God could fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I could speak in other tongues just like they did in the Bible. There's got to be a beauty and a reality to this power that I feel. Time has a way and life has a way of numbing our senses. And what we need to do is wake up the sleeper in us. I'm preaching to Mark McCool today. Is that all right? Old Brother McVeigh used to teach us, said that sword cuts out that way, cuts this way too. I was speaking with a brother today from St. Louis on the phone. And uh, we were talking about some of these very things that 
And uh, he said, I'm just going to tell you, Brother McCool, I'm preaching to myself. And uh, when I'm talking about these things, he said, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm guilty in my own spirit. I've, I've got to do something myself even after all these years of living for God. And I'm talking about a mighty prophet, a man who's seen many miracles and the dead raised many times and blinded eyes open and the gorders disappear. I, I'm talking about a man who's got incredible faith. He said, somewhere I've got to stir it back up again. <laughs> I've got to stir it up all over again. Jesus comes to his disciples. And it's not the first time he says it. But it's, it's almost the repetitive plea. Let us go over to the other side. It's almost like they were so busy doing their own thing. So busy looking in other directions. Captivated by what happened moments before the miracles during their journeys and Jesus again let us go over to the other side it's not just something that affected the disciples it affects us today that we become so lethargic through just living life and thinking about the way things used to be. And what happened a year ago. And we shout and we bask in the glory of yesteryear. When God's ready to do something now. Oh God. You see what's going on. And I'm just going to talk to you straight today. Is that all right? What's going on right now in our nation is not just here. It's all over the world. It's happening everywhere. And I got news for you. After all, can I be cold and, and just flat out candid today? I'm sick of the lies. The world is waking up to the voice of deception. No, you're not hearing me. We got a world that's waking up to this spirit of deception. When they were sleeping through the operation of that deceptive spirit all this time. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Hello? Those of us who've been in the church, man, red flags were going up back in January. Boy, it did get quiet. God's speaking to people. And when God speaks to them and they dare to at least be bold and they begin to point it out, people made fun of them, laughed at them, didn't understand. I'll tell you why they did, because they're asleep.
I remember Brother Enzi teaching us in Bible college. He said, I'll tell you what, we can have all the power gifts and watch people walk out, get out of wheelchairs and walk out of a church service. He said, but I'll tell you, out of all the things, you can call them out and tell them their name, address, and phone number. But what we really need in the church is the gift of the discerning of spirits and just good old-fashioned Holy Ghost common sense. We're wowed by all this stuff. We allow it to impress us because we're still in the state of dreaming. We're living in a world who's waking up to this. You know, we have this idea that, well, they're ignorant. They don't know. They're not in the church. They don't have the Holy Ghost. I beg to differ. Because some of you, God gave enough sense to understand you were lost before you ever got in church. God gave you enough revelation to understand that probably what you used to believe was just lies misunderstanding and they built their doctrines and they built their life on those things you listen to this preacher and I'm going to get you out of here is that alright 826 this is where we're at we got a church that is asleep in the midst of a prime opportunity when people are waking up to the realization that this spirit is alive and now they're seeking for what is truth. And as long as we sit back and we do nothing, something else is going to fill that void. Now is the prime time. I got a lot to preach here. I, I, I'm not going to be able to finish it. Just not going to do it. How many hunters we got in here? I know y'all love to hunt with dogs up here. I love to hear them run. My granddaddy used to raise foxhounds. Champion blood. Known from Canada to Mexico. Incredible training. I'm going to tell you something. But when you get up there on that deer stand, and you climb up and you API climb or you whatever you want to call it. And you sit up there, you get off work a little early. Now if you're like me, man, that's awesome. Man, I got a little time. Extra. Call the wife. Say, honey, headed to the woods. All right, be safe. Get up there. Oh, I can't wait to get in that perfect spot. Because I, I, I've been looking for it. I've been looking for it because I've been scouting it. I've been, I've been trying to watch what's going on. Now, stay with me. And, I, and I've, been, I've been studying the movement. And I've been, you know, whether you got a camera or you just looking at the sign that's on the ground. And making an educated guess. But there comes a time in the afternoon. You get up on the stand about 2 o'clock. And you sit there and you get ready. Time's changing now. I told my wife it's getting a little darker sooner. And uh, all of a sudden we're going to have this change. You know we're going to fall back. It's going to get dark. So it won't be long. Prime time. For the deer to start moving is going to be a little earlier. Because when the shadows get long and the sun starts slowly slipping down in the western sky, 
it gets prime time. And I'm telling this church, we are in the prime time. God is moving. I wanted to come here and I wanted to preach a message, a time for God to work. And the prophet talks about how wicked the world had gotten. And he said, oh, Lord, it's like a prayer. He said, it's time for you to work, Lord. I'm here to tell you in the prime time, God's ready to work. All he needs is somebody that's going to be awake in the prime time hour. Let's all stand. So much to preach. I'm just not going to be able to do it. I talk to all of us tonight. I look back through the years, just the grace and the kindness of this church who put up with me when I preached early on in the years of being an evangelist. <clears throat> Sorry to say my preaching ain't got a whole lot better, but you've gotten a lot kinder. But I come to you very honest, very sincere, just as transparent as I can. We're racing the rapture. We are running out of time. I have a dear friend. I hunt with him every year. And uh, I'm not going to call his name because this tape may get to him. But I've got proof on my phone right now. Of a man who missed a Pope and Young buck during both season. Because he was busy, distracted on his cell phone. And I was, I was trying to get it on, get the hunt on video. So he, you know, he'd have something. And so we're sitting here watching. And he's sitting here playing on his phone. And I hear it, the deer coming out of the bottom, right up behind us, up on the ridge in a pine flat. Good crossing, open enough to where it'd be easy, just a chip shot. In fact, his shot to the deer would be about from here with this young man right here on this end pew. Just easy. Put a hole in him. Take him home, get him to the taxidermist, have something to remember, hang it on the wall. And that brother sat there, distracted. And I took my phone, and I just leaned over behind me, and I watched that deer, and I just recorded it on my cell phone. I'm sitting there holding the phone and I'm looking at him. And he's steady on this phone. And I'm steady filming and looking at him. When all of a sudden it's almost like through osmosis the light comes on in his head. And he looks right at me. And I look back at him. And he... 
and I just looked down at the ground. And his eyes followed where mine was looking. And when he saw that deer, his eyes bugged out on stems like a comet. Then that deer, because he didn't see a doe, as we've been calling them, a little deer sign, he starts easing off because he ain't no dummy. He was about 130. He'd been around a few seasons. He starts easing off and moving into the brush. And this brother tried his best to take a shot from what was here, an easy bullseye. Now, all of a sudden, his shot would be from here, not to the back door of the sanctuary, but the double doors going out into the parking lot. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. That God can put things so close in our lap where it's so easy if we'll just be awake and we'll take advantage of it when it's here. Instead of having to grasp for straws when it's out there. Time to wake up the sleeper. All of us. Time for us to say, God, time for playing church is over. Tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of making excuses for my prayerlessness. I'm preaching to people that you don't pray like you used to. You pray when you get to church. But you're not praying like you used to when you were home. I love you. But God's speaking to this church. God has a mighty harvest waiting for this church. And it is so close. And we can wait till it gets out there if we want to. That's what you want to do. That's your prerogative. But isn't it so much easier to take advantage of it while it's close? And there are doors. The last time I was here, and the Lord just brought this to my mind, the Lord spoke to me, and I believe I prophesied that there were doors about to open for this church for people to touch some people that you're connected to that you've not seen move in a long time. And some of those people are not here today simply because it became convenient to still slumber and be comfortable. And now, instead of it happening here, it's happening out there. I want us to lift our hands. I know God's talking to all of us today. I did not say these things to shame anybody. But I'm talking to you that, that right now things are so close. Opportunity that God has provided for us is so near. That what we need to do is wake ourselves up out of this slumber. And out of this out of this sleep that we've been in. Amen. And, and shake ourselves 
like like my mama used to say, you got to snap out of this and you got to get awake. You got to you got to open your eyes to this opportunity. You've got to you've got to take advantage of it and do something with it. Amen. It's up to us. Amen. Nobody's going to do it for us because if we really want it, we're gonna we're gonna call on the one that's going to wake this thing up. We're gonna call on the sleeper. We're gonna wake him up. We're gonna wake up the power that's on the inside of us. We're gonna we're gonna wake up the anointing that's in our life. We're gonna do like Paul told Timothy to, to fan the flame, to stir it up, the gift that's in you. How often shall I remind you that I have set before you an open door? How often have I beckoned you to call upon me and to awaken my spirit within you? That you may know that I will surely do exploits even in your struggle in your own faith. So many of you have stood to the side letting others busy themselves with the work. But I say unto you, call upon me and believe me. For I have a place in my kingdom ready. And I need workers now. Open your eyes and call upon me now. For I will surely bring to pass my word of promise unto you. Be not distracted in this hour. For only the fool is distracted with the things he shall not prosper in. And I say unto you, open your eyes and see that my hand is already at work, saith the Lord. I am preparing the hearts and the spirits of those whom I have set upon your heart. And I have heard your prayers. And I have seen the anguish of your heart, knowing that they are not here in my house. Awaken thyself. Bestir thyself even now, and I, the Lord God, will work for thee, and I will show you my power if you will but wake my soul and my spirit upon you. Hmm. My God. Church, let's reach out to the Lord right now. If you could see what I'm seeing right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, 
I see cars packed in this parking lot, parked all the way behind this building, all the way to the cemetery. And people parked up and down this road and parked over here, over here at this restaurant. People looking for a way in. People hungry for what you have. People that for so long, they rejected the phone call and wouldn't answer the door. But God's working. And this church better get ready. Because you're going to have to have a place to put them. You feel what I feel in this service? The Holy Ghost is resting on us. Come on, let's love the Lord together right now. Father, we need you. We need you, God. We need you to wake up something in us. Lord, we're trying to wake up the sleeper. And Lord, I know that he that watcheth over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. But God, wake up the church. Wake up the burden in us. Wake up the passion again. Wake up the prayer life, God. Wake us up to fasting and sacrifice again. Help us, Lord, not to slumber in this midnight hour. Because I know that this is the prime time. Lord, we need your anointing afresh on us. Lord, let that anointing that will destroy the yoke of slumber. Uh, oh God awaken us to your righteousness and power. Uh, let our faith be ignited Lord for the glory that's going to fall on the church in this end time. Come on is there anybody that wants to come uh, get out of your pew and just make yourself available to God tonight. You want to walk up here lift your hands and lift your soul to God and say God I want you to do a work in me. Do a work in me, God. Do a work in me, God. the Lord's really been trying to speak to us through the word. Sunday night we heard about the importance of an altar. And it really it got down to our own personal altar. And without that personal altar, 
or we'll never be what the Lord wants us to be when it's all said and done. Bring the band to come tonight. If you've ever need a stirring, just a good old-fashioned stirring of God. Giving Him the glory, giving Him the praise, just letting Him be God in our lives. Doing it the way God wants us to do it. Our response unto the world we're living in. Just simply being that salt. Being that light. Walking in that truth. Being those epistles and ambassadors of the Lord. Because we've got a world that's in trouble. The politicians are not going to pull this out. Including Mr. Trump. It's going to be the church. It's going to be folks just like you and I. That stay sound. That stay solid. That get out on some tangents. And get out. No. We just let the Holy Ghost. We let that measure. Of the Spirit. I mean you mentioned. I remember I mentioned it. I think Sunday morning. About the Holy Ghost. Now that it makes the statements in the scriptures. That it won't speak its own. The reason it won't speak its own is the fullness of God. It's going to obey it. And there's a connection. It's not about us. It's about Him. He's the Savior. He's the Waymaker. He's the Deliverer. And you and I just got it. Sway to us, everybody else. He's the one. He can save every drug addict, every alcoholic. He can, he can do it because he's got it. Let's let him. Let's let that really begin to stir in us. And maybe something that might help us. Huh. It's not the sin in our life, but maybe there's some weights. It's just really weighing us down. Or... Maybe it's just a time robber. Because you and I both know to do something right, it takes time to do it. And today, even with all the gadgets we got, I mean, he's got enough time to do what you want to do, whenever you want to do it, how you want to do it. But yet we got all kind of machines and all kind of things and doing things three times and ten times and a hundred times faster than what they did 40 years ago. We still don't seem to have the time. Priorities is really the time. Let's do it. I want to stir. How about you? God's talking to us. Let's hear him. You know how we're going to know if you really, if we've heard him? How you know if you, have you really, did you listen? Did you hear it? Our actions will tell that. Let's do it. God loves us. God cares about us. You know what? I believe God wants to give us that revival. I really believe that. All right. Love you. Appreciate you. You can stand. Wednesday night. Thank you so much. Let's continue to keep praying. Lifting one another up. Praying for one another. We're in this together.
Does everybody agree with me tonight that we want everybody in this building to go to heaven? Okay. Let's work in that direction. I'm saying more than what you think I am right there. Let's work in that direction. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.